How's it going, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Christian, and welcome to Liberty After Dark, episode 18, which is awesome. We're almost there to 20. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about a variety of subjects, as per usual, but mostly we're going to be focusing around firearms, guns, uh, and the surrounding topics that are involved in this conversation at the moment in the news cycle. So, obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, you are aware of the most recent shootings in, in Dayton and in El Paso, which have led up to, I believe, 29 people at the point of recording this dead. Still quite a few hospitalized. Uh, it is, without any doubt, a tragedy. There's very, there's no situation uh, where that many innocent people being hurt isn't a tragedy. There's no way to justify that level of aggression towards people who did nothing to deserve it. Uh, from what we can tell, the individual was a very disgruntled, that's a very light way of putting it, a person who just felt like they had no other option other than to take things into their own hands, which is really when you see these kinds of acts of violent desperation. So it's extremely uh, saddening. I hate when stuff like this happens. I really do. I it, Life would be a lot simpler if they didn't, but that just speaks to the ability of mankind to be both equal if not equal more if not equally as hateful as it can be compassionate but um we like to try to focus on the good things just as much as the bad and yes bad terrible things have happened but it isn't the end of the world it hasn't been the end of the world in the last few times it won't be this time but there are it is it is a, it is a sad idea knowing that there are people who are no longer on this earth for no justifiable you know, if it's something like a natural cause of death or an accident you know these are things that you can rationalize as just almost being unlucky but so much maliciousness has to go into place to have something like this happen that it makes it difficult to use the same kind of rationalization this isn't something that's normal or at least it's not supposed to be this isn't something that is, that is, you know, you can just brush it off and go home the next day and not worry about it or be at peace with the outcome. Uh, especially since I believe the El, yeah, the El Paso shooter is still alive or the Dayton. I can't remember which one. I try not to follow the specific people too much because honestly, they, they should have been dead on arrival as far as I'm concerned. And I, I know that's a, oh, it's an unpopular opinion. Like all, all people are, you know, deserve a fair trial and blah, 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 blah. Don't give me that. Don't give me that. The, they, that man, mm, that's a, that's a waste of tax dollars. Hard. Whichever one lived and is now going to go through years of courtroom proceedings to wind up getting a life sentence that he then later on gets cut down to, what is it, like 30, 40 years, something like that, is just, uh, it's not, no, let's, let's just save us, you know, 
How much is a, a single nine millimeter round? It is significantly cheaper. It saves us all a lot of trouble. And those who say that vengeance is bitter is are, are not exactly. I think what is even more bitter is seeing someone get drugged throughout the court systems on your money, being kept alive on your money. No, thanks. I'd rather not. Um, I, I will hard pass on that one. So with that being said, with that out of the way and my heart to the families of those who lost somebody that I think now is an important time to take a step back and look at what is happening and look at what is the reaction. So within, I think it was within eight hours, six hours, something like that, hours of the shooting, um, the first person to respond off was obviously the majority of the anti-gun establishment, which, you know, involves presidential candidates like Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, people like this. You have your organizations like uh, Americans Against Guns, um, all, all of these other groups that get together to try to push sweeping legislation and, and gun control reform or, or what they call sensible regulations. And it was pretty quick. It was pretty brutal. And I get it. You know, I, I understand where their heart is in the arguments. Um, however, there is, you know, someone who has time and time again stated that they are trying to remain as ethically consistent as possible as philosophically consistent as possible, because I feel like if you don't have consistency, then what really do you have? I have to take a step back and I have to, yes, these are all horrible, terrible things that happened, but we have to start asking the real questions, which people don't like either answering or can't make a, a sensible argument against, which is why would we punish law abiding citizens for something that they have not done? This isn't remotely constitutional. It isn't remote. And, and you know, I'm, I don't care about the constitution. I know some of you do. It isn't ethical. It isn't, there's no basis for it outside of the idea that you can police somebody based off of your own sensibilities, which has never been something that we have as Americans tried to, to live ourselves by. Maybe a select group of people, but never as an American people have we said like, oh, well, my feelings are hurt. We should ban this thing. There have always been counter movements against that. So I feel like, you know, it always makes you out to be the bad guy whenever you're someone who's, you know, pro-gun in this situation, especially if you're a, a, a white guy in his, what is it, 18 to 35 or whatever, because I'm the number one demographic or something like that. I think, you know, there's... When people say that they have a things like, like I, you will say, for example, let's say you're making an argument, you're having a conversation with someone who is against, or like say they want an assault weapons banned and you own an AR-15. You say, well, I have the right to defend my life with whatever means I choose to defend my life with as long as I don't violate the NAP. And then they say, well, I have the right to feel safe in my home, in my country. And it's like, well, actually, no, you don't. Because feeling safe isn't any sort of 
of right or privilege that anybody is endowed to when they're born. And that's, I get it, that's unfortunate. And we've kind of been taught that that's how it is and that that's how you're supposed to be and it's how you're supposed to feel. And I understand that. But that's, it's, it's, not, it's not true, right? Like, no one is, is born, what I usually say is, is when, you're, when you were born on planet Earth, from literally the moment you, you breathe in your first breath, you are not guaranteed another second after that. There's, there's no one saying, there's no rule that says, like, you have to live to 85 now. There's, there's no, there's a right to live your life unimpeded, but there's no right to, say, in a, a life free of, of all woes and, and fears and anxieties. That's not how this works. And so when people say, like, I don't feel safe with people owning AR-15s in my neighborhood, the correct answer is, well, I don't care how you feel. But people don't like that because this is 2019. And this is the generation of I feel this way, therefore this must happen. And it makes for a very contentious argument because they're coming from two different places. Now, trust me, there are plenty of gun owners who have terrible arguments. Like, if I want to go shoot fully automatic weapons in my backyard, I should. Like, yes, you're not wrong, but that's the wrong argument to be making here. Like, you shouldn't, you know... If I want to blow up trucks in my backyard with an RPG, this is why I think people who make an argument like that are, 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 are correct, which is why you can't necessarily be like, no, you're wrong. But I would direct people to make better arguments. Like, I have the right to defend my life in any means fit as long as I don't violate the nap, which means that if I want to defend my life, with an RPG and I can do so without damaging anybody else's property or injuring anybody who wasn't already violating my nap and, and putting other people in, in direct grave risk, then th there's, there's no ethically consistent argument for why you shouldn't be able to own an RPG and shoot it. And this is when I've had this conversation very recently, very recently. So this is why... I'm very aware of what the counterpoints to these arguments are. And it says, well, there is the ethical consistent. There is the ethically consistent argument of we have to maintain public safety. And that's my philosophy. And that's why we do that. Well, you can maintain public safety as far as it doesn't violate individual rights. And the right to self-defense is about the protection of the right to life, which is either one of your natural rights or is one of your intrinsic rights, as some people like to say, because natural rights comes comes off a little too uh, esoteric for them. Uh, as as a human being, as a complex emotional creature, or or as a being created by a god, if you believe in in that line of thinking, endowed with certain rights, then you you are entitled to things like the preservation of your life against aggression. If we somehow made that to where that was now less of a priority than the public good, you would start seeing more justifiable. Like if we were to keep that ethically consistent, we would see more justifiable cases of the one for the all. And that's not how that's not conducive to a modern society. That's that collectivist mentality is, is centuries old tribalism that's programmed into us. The future of humanity is, is focused on the individual. So I wanted to get that out of the way now. 
because the freer the society, the freer the people. And the natural tendency of humanity over the generations has been to lean towards individual liberty as we've civilized, as technology has taken the place of the necessity for large, larger organizations and governments and structures. So let's, let's just put all of that out there to begin with. But back to the question at hand. Hello, Liberty Late Nights here. What's up? The there there is there's no like let's say I I have zero I have no criminal background at all. I've not done a thing wrong to anybody. I haven't stolen. I haven't made an aggressive I haven't hit anybody in like an assault. I've never nothing. I've done nothing. No disorderly conduct, nothing. I'm I'm a I'm an angel basically as far as the law is concerned. There is no argument you can make besides you make me feel uncomfortable having that to where I couldn't have a minigun and, and brandish it on my front lawn. Sure, you may not like it, but I may not like the fact that you painted your house pink. So this is definitely, this is where the two arguments collide and it's, very difficult to bridge a gap between the two. And I've been thinking for a long time about how do we, how do we keep this consistency and how do we bridge this gap? Is there a way to frame this conversation to where we can actually try to make sense to people who don't agree with us? You know, I don't know if all of you guys are gun owners. I'm a gun owner. I'm a very proud gun owner. Actually, I think I, I personally believe that if you're if you're mentally capable of doing so, that you should own at least a shotgun or something. But that's a topic for another day if you guys would like to have a fun conversation about guns. But this is a less fun one. And the only... The only thing you can do is try to play their own game against them, which makes for a very, very interesting situation because the second you try to say because you know like i said they make an argument based off of their emotional state of being i don't feel safe with these guns in my community that is the number one argument that's the most you know and it all they'll they'll bring a whole bunch of other things in here like oh homicides increase by this much when a gun is involved in the situation blah 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 blah, blah. okay that all comes into the fact that like i don't feel safe that's that's what this all comes from and then the gun owners are, are the pro-gun argument the all laws are an infringement, if you want to use that phrase, argument is I have the right to defend my life by whatever means I choose to. And so <laughs> what I was getting at, though, the, the whole sensibility side of the argument is that if you try to make that same argument against them, like, I don't feel safe without my AR-15, well, then they come and attack you personally. Like, oh, you, you know, you can't defend yourself with your hands, buy a knife or like... Oh, you need that big gun, you know, what are you compensating for? And it's really interesting because if you were to do the same thing to them, they would pull up all of these like guilt tripping episodes of you or, or not of you, but of, of like gun owners shooting somebody or someone, you know, mass shootings or something like that. And so they're moving the goalposts. It's not a fair argument. And so I figured out that you really can't. And this leads to... You, you just can't bridge the gap. And, and when you can't bridge the gap, there's no way to have conversation. And, you know, you guys know I hate the term pragmatism. I'm not even suggesting that we compromise on this issue. 
But what I am suggesting is that if we could have a dialogue about it, you know, we could perhaps, you know, if you wanted to in Ancapistan, if you wanted to voluntarily sign up for a township to ban the ownership of AR-15s and you signed on that dotted line and you made that choice, then by all means, do whatever you want. It's Ancapistan. But here, when the 51% decides what happens to the other 49, that's not acceptable, Okay. It's that's these not being able to come up to with a conclusion or an answer or an understanding and just a mutual agreement to disagree. If it comes down to that, then you you run into these situations, which unfortunately seems like it might be more likely than I would ever hope it would it would be to that to where the the fifty one rules over the forty nine. And I'm telling you, like there's no good outcome from this there isn't there's there's no way that this ends well okay they you they may get ballsier and ballsier as time goes on like it may start uh, it came out that i think i think it was the dayton shooter was using a, a an ar pistol what let's just be honest it's an sbr with a with a armrest i want one super bad but thanks for sharing by the way i i think it's pertinent to discuss the fact that these are things that are very likely going to be on legislation. The red flag laws are, are already running through the House again with bipartisan support because Republicans want to get elected. And unfortunately, even, even Republican voters, the FUDs in, the, in there will say things like, oh, I've, I've lifelong hunter, never shot 17 deer before. And it's like, that's not the point. It's never been about hunting. People who said it was about hunting have shot themselves in the foot now. It's, it is not about hunting. It is about self-defense from tyranny in all forms, big and small. If someone tries to, to be tyrannical over your personal life, you can defend yourself. If a larger group tries to in induce tyranny upon your life then go ahead defend yourself and i would much rather do so with an ar-15 than with a little pea shooter i'm being completely honest with you here you know there's nothing wrong with carrying a you know 38 special or whatever but i'm not exactly gonna rely on that for defense of my life and property in, in worst case scenarios and call it paranoia call it whatever you want None of that matters. It doesn't matter if it's paranoia. It doesn't matter if it's unwarranted. Literally, none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you have the, whether you believe it is God-given or whether you believe it is intrinsic and being a, like an emotionally complex creature that is a human being, you have a right to defend your life. By any means, you choose to do so as long as you don't violate the nap, that's it. And as long as someone has violated the nap before you or before you do your thing, then you're not violating the nap by taking care of them. So and the amount of misinformation out there about firearms is just, just mind blowing. There was a, it got posted around in a bunch of Facebook groups I was in, but there was an infographic from, I think it was like Vox or CNN. And it was, you know, oh, how many rounds a minute can this weapon fire in this one? And it was like military M4, 900 rounds a minute. It was like civilian 
semi-automatic AR-15, 1,200 rounds a minute. I don't know what kind of crack you're smoking, but if you can put 30 mags through a gun, or, yeah, 30 magazines through a gun that fast, I mean, okay, in a minute? All right, cool. Cool story. <laughs> and it makes it, it's not fair. It's not a fair conversation. Not even close. It's actually 40, by the way. I was thinking about it right now. It's 40. <laughs> Whenever someone is lying consistently and makes arguments that are based in nothing, essentially, compared to someone who's making arguments inside of a, a moral and ethical code, it gets frustrating. It gets frustrating to have these conversations. And I, I get it. It's, most people don't want to have the conversations. And that's fine. I, I would encourage most people to not fall into the trap of putting yourself out there like that unless you really feel confident. And I'll be honest, you're not going to convince most people. You're not. This is one of those issues. It's like trying to tell people that – what's a good analogy here? It's like trying to tell people that fully socialized medicine – is not good for poor people, for example, or anybody really, then that, I mean, you're never going to convince someone who has subscribed to that doctrine of that because they are already originating from a line of thinking that isn't conducive to any sort of rationalization. It is an argument based off of the ethos of the situation. And that's not that, you know, personally, I don't find that to ever be a good way to create a set of rules by which to govern the 49 over of the 51 or below the 51. I've never, I don't think if we're, if, especially if we're going to keep having to deal with this system for the next few decades, at least would be my guess. Then at the minimum, well, actually it depends on how crazy they go with this gun stuff. Um, then yeah, we, we have to we have to understand that these kind of arguments aren't aren't acceptable. And that kind of gets into what I was sort of alluding to, which is I have said it before on this show, and this is not a threat. This is this is this is my personal fear, is that if these gun laws get too crazy and they get a little too buck wild and they start doing these gun confiscations and more people starting to get affected. I don't know if it'd be a large scale issue, but this is how you get big igloo scenarios. This is how you get people banding together and and doing what they got to do. And you, I mean, most of you guys know at this point, I'm not a big fan. I, I'm not a, I don't like the idea of, of people going out there and, and murdering each other. I'm not a huge fan of it. But at some point, you got to do what you got to do. And... I don't want to see that happen. I really don't. Like, I would rather not. I would rather people continue to live peaceful lives without having to, to get any of that on their hands. And I know that's not like a popular opinion. Most people are like, yeah, Boogaloo, woohoo, Boogaloo 22, woo. No, I'm not, you know, I mean, like I said, if it were so bad that it was, that it was to the point that I'm out there, you know that we, we are long gone and this is our only option. 
because I am a, the kind of person who wants to expend all of the avenues possible. But you start doing things like confiscating firearms and you've jumped. You've jumped so far. Like, okay, taxes are one thing, but like once you start disem like directly disempowering the citizen, you have put yourself into a situation where you have you have made many public enemies. And so this I mean <laughs> You know, I know which side I'll pick. Let me just put it that way. And if those guys up in up in the White House think that they are going to make anything safer by pushing out some kind of widespread, like just let's just play the what if game. Let's say Bernie Sanders or one of the you know Elizabeth Warren, Cory Booker, which two of those have no chance of being president. But let's just pretend because they were all the ones who made the like confiscate all the AR-15s, ban the sale. Ban the ownership. Ban, ban, ban. One, most people aren't going to turn them in. Most people won't. You'll get, it's like the New Zealand situation. You'll get like two or three of them turned in per state, per large city, maybe. The rest of the people are going to hold them. So what's going to happen? Alphabet boys are going to start kicking in doors to collect your guns. And you're going to go to jail for it. And one of two things happens in that situation. One, your house explodes the second they kick the door in. Or two, you go to jail and then every single person that you know that just went to jail for owning your guns' house explodes when the alphabet boys kick the doors in. There's... So, Peggy says, Missouri made it illegal for anyone to pass gun laws, but federal laws override state laws. So, if the federal government says your guns are illegal... It doesn't matter what the state says. Now, I get it. I get what you're saying is that the people of Missouri have said that they want to keep their guns, which is the point that I'm making is that unless the United States government plans on invading Missouri, basically, to take their firearms, they're going to have a hell of a time doing so. The Tenth Amendment does not protect states in, in that capacity. They can add on to existing law or create law when there is no federal jurisdiction, but federal law overrides state law, which is why, which is why the federal government is, is allowed to do such tyrannical things. This is why even though states have legalized weed, it's still illegal on a national level. And that's why if you own a dispensary, you can't get a bank account for your business because it's illegal on the federal level. They're not supposed to ship across state lines either because then it's a federal offense and it's it's illegal federally. Now, a lot of people do it, but now I get it. States, I mean, I'm a huge fan of compartmentalizing the state. Break it down, dude. Break it down into as small of chunks as possible. That is the most effective way, the most peaceful way, the most conducive way to self-governance. I'm 100% a fan of that. But the system that we have right now is not that. The Tenth Amendment does not protect states in this kind of situation. It's just like all of these, like, it, say all if you were to legalize abortion throughout the whole thing, and then the federal government said it's completely illegal, all of those would be null and void. Because the second it happened, or Schedule 1, I'm sorry, yeah, thank you, Schedule 1. I couldn't remember if it was like 3 or 1 or whatever it was off the top of my head. Yeah, it... it, it it has always been this way. Now, whether the federal government enacts on it is one thing, but it's it's not it's not a fun time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I could talk about this for forever, and I think I've pretty much said what I need to about my worries for the future. Um, well, let me put it this way: I own 
several firearms that could potentially become legal. And I'm going on a cruise that's a gun owner cruise, and it may they may all fall into the water. It's a possibility. I don't know. It's anything happens. So um <laughs> They may get buried in sealed containers for all I know. Um, I just, mm -mm. if they think people are just going to lay down and take it, they have another thing coming and it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. So let's move on to the next part of this, which is now the Republicans trying to the, the, the pro gun Republicans, <laughs> pro-gun Republicans, let's just put some tiny little air quotes around that, are making these absolutely pathetic arguments. Horribly pathetic arguments that are just so terrible. Good God. They are worse than the Democratic, the socialist, whatever you want to call them, leftist, heartfelt ethos arguments. I resonate with them more than I do these Republicans. And they say things like, oh, video games are causing violence. There have been over 20 studies. This one is from the Associated Press that they cite. It says that a collection of 23 studies shows that one of them from 1983 only is the only verifying study that shows that there's any connection between possible violence and video games. And what they did, though, is that they took kids that were already violent and then seeing which ones play video games. And they were like, oh, the majority of these violent kids play video games. There must be a link. Instead of doing the sensible thing, because they wanted to skew the data. Instead of doing the sensible thing, like the other 22 studies that have been conducted from 19, 1986 all the way up until the most recent one, which concluded in 2017. All have followed children throughout multiple years of their life. Tracked what games they played, when they played them, how much they played them. And then all of them have shown that there is no direct link between playing video games, violent video games, rated M, T, E, none of it matters. They all are just as equally likely to be violent or nonviolent. So whenever I see Republican after Republican after Republican getting on the news and saying, video games cause violence, there's literally nothing to support that. Literally nothing. Not at all. And I love the memes that come out of this stuff. And let's talk about mental health, okay? Let's talk about mental health. There is definitely, without a doubt, something wrong with the people that do this kind of thing. I'm not going to suggest for a minute that it isn't. But whenever you start talking about mental health, you start getting into an incredibly slippery slope. Because we have two, we have two warring movements going on in America. Because our, America has two problems with mental health, at least in the way that, you know, the right sees it. And this is one case where I almost agree with the left more than I do the right again. Because we have two issues. We have one, we have a self-identification issue. Because no one knows you like yourself. And you know if there's something wrong, right? The second is, whenever you start saying things like, People who have a mental illness shouldn't be able to own guns. Or people who have mental illness, you know, shouldn't be able to do X, Y, Z. Or we should lock them up involuntarily. Or we should, without due process, take their firearms. Or you start saying crap like that. 
that is definitely hyper tyrannical garbage out of Donnie T's mouth. You start saying things like that, then you have this like circle. You've you've created the the circle of of endless non-identification and and people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. If mental, if, so let's say a specific category of mental illness is the problem. Do you think depression causes people to go on massive rampaging sprees? I don't know. I've met a lot of people with depression. Now there are people who commit suicide off of depression, which is one of the the leading causes of of death of suicides is firearms, which blows firearm statistics out of the water when you look at America. So I think people should be more willing to identify that they have a mental health illness so that they can get treatment. But if a gun owner says, man, I have depression, I need to go talk to somebody, and then they get red flag lawed and all their guns are taken away, that is horseshit. I don't care who thinks it's for their safety. That person is still responsible for their own safety, not the government. They're not. No one is responsible for your own safety but you. Other people can do what they want, but like I said, if uh, me as a gun owner, if these red flag, flag laws pass and something is wrong with me in the head, I'm just not going to tell anybody because if I say, look, I'm going through a really rough time. Like, let's say something terrible happened to me. Like I lost my, my, like my significant other died in a car accident or something, something, tr some tragedy. And I was down, I was depressed and I needed to go talk to somebody and then my guns get taken away. Oh my God, you bet your ass I'm walking into some building. I, I, it's game over at that point is basically what I'm saying. It's game over. And so the majority is handguns, but they attack the AR. Well, they're not just going after the AR. They're going after high capacity magazines in general. They're going after pretty much any rifle cartridge that is fired out of a semi-automatic format for the most part. And... You're right, most of the most deaths are by handgun. Most suicides are by handgun, most homicides are by handgun. True. That's fine. But he doesn't sound as good to say, ah, two people died by a handgun in this incident, or one person was shot and killed. It's a lot easier to make an argument for like regulating something whenever you can say twenty-nine people in a weekend died by two people. Like another quote from Donald Trump, the what did he say? It was something to the effect of the fact that one man was able to do this much destruction is, is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It's terrible. It's awful that someone would abuse that power that is given to them. But that is what human beings do. And that's not to justify his actions. That's to, to simply state the fact that we cannot, we cannot allow our personal biases and our personal emotions to get in the way of individual rights. We can't. If healthcare is a right, you bet your fucking ass that my ability to defend my life is a right <laughs> in any way that I see fit. If that means I have a freaking McNuke in my backyard so that nobody attacks me, so be it. So be it. And we're back to square one again. You know, it's not video games fault. You might maybe be able to say it's someone's mental illness that is the problem. Sure. Fine. Whatever. It is mental illness. Cool. 
let's let's just say that the worst mental illness that you could possibly have that makes you violent does that. I don't I do not believe that you that the depression should be deemed on the same level as like a full blown dementia or psychosis or something. You know, if you want to make a, some kind of suggestion that people who are in these like dissociative disorders to where they can't correctly interact with the world could potentially be more of a threat than another person. I would say, okay, yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's definitely a conducive argument to make here, but to say like, man, Sally's sad. We got to take everything away from her and strip her of all of her natural rights so that Sally can't, won't be sad anymore. Right. To say that video games, that home slice playing farming simulator over there is going to go shoot up a school. No, you're wrong in every way, shape and form. To say that someone has the right to disarm you and damage your equipment. Ooh, think about that. People have talked about that. Breaking people's firearms. Like, breaking into people's homes that they know have guns. Damaging them. Like, sawing barrels off. Stuff like that. You can always buy a new barrel. But still, that's someone breaking into your property and damaging your firearms. Or stealing them and disposing of them that way. Or... Violating red flag laws and reporting you to the police without uh, a justifiable cause. Because those are subjective laws. you got to remember, you don't have to self-identify. Other people can identify you. So let's say you really pissed off some people. All you got to do is get a, a group together. Say, I mean, I don't know the exact number, but let's play pretend here. Let's say six or seven people come together and say, look, I think this person is a danger to our community. We got to... He needs to have his firearms taken away. Bye-bye guns, I guess. Maybe they, you know, maybe maybe you weren't paying your HOA fees on time, and so they just decided that they would report you and get your guns taken away because they know you've been spending your HOA money on <laughs> firearms instead. See, I don't like talking about this stuff. I like talking about how we can come together to face against the, the oppressors, right? But right now, what I feel like I'm doing is damage control, honestly. Yeah, or the government will fake it and come for your guns. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. And I don't want to see things like this happen because I know what's going to happen. And I'm pretty sure I'm legally not allowed to say what's going to happen. But I know what's going to happen if they, if they pass this kind of stuff. If they go all gung-ho on these gun laws and they pass AR-15 confiscation and they pass magazine capacities and they restrict, you know, let's say body armors and stuff like that and they take away people's ability to have suppressors and they just pass all these amazing sweeping changes. I know exactly what's going to happen. Most of you in here know what's going to happen and it's not going to be fun for anybody. And nope, nobody will win. And I mean... Some, someone will win, if you know what I'm saying. But I just don't... How about we just avoid... No, we're not England, actually. I don't, I don't think that's what will happen. I don't think at all. I think people are going to start camping out in their igloos. Really big igloos. And it'll be um, not a fun time. Especially for the people who, who don't want to participate in that. Because they won't have any choice. It's either participate or not participate and still be affected by all of the negatives of, of participating. <laughs> so yeah, confiscate the butter knives, right? I, I, I don't want to see that happen. Really? I don't. First off, I, I don't want things to stay the same either because I want bump socks back. 
I want the I want a lot the firearms act repealed. I want the uh, every basically every ban passed in the 60s through the 80s repealed. I'm a non-violent person when it comes down to it. I want everybody to live long peaceful lives with one another and not have to I I I want no reason to own a firearm. I would love to live in a society or or with a people who I trusted as much as I trust myself, but I don't. That's not how the world works. That's not reality. So it's up to you to defend yourself. It's up to me to defend myself. And if we decide to defend each other together, that's great. That's cool. But do you think a war will kick off in Area 51 if all those people show up over there in September? I First off, I don't know how many people are going to show up, if anybody. But let's say, let's just pretend a few thousand people show up and they decide to try to storm Area 51. Uh, what a per someone might get shot, and that that could be bad. <laughs> that could be very bad. Uh, what I think is a lot more likely is that whoever shows up will go to the gate, and then they'll be like, "You need to leave right now. We're gonna give you an escort, and then you guys need to skedaddle, and then they'll cause a ruckus, and then they'll arrest as many people as they can while the other ones run away, and then that'll be that. But who knows, man? History is weird." People are going to start building big igloos in the desert, maybe. All I'm saying is, is that we live in tumultuous times. We really do. People, you know, for like the last three decades, for, for forever, people have been saying that. People have been saying, you know, this is it. This is, this is it. This is as far as the line goes. And the line goes a little bit farther. But I'm, we have a highly politicized culture in America. Everyone is like, where was the good guy with the gun? They were surviving the situation. Take care of yourself. Not everyone's a hero. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. But I'm like, if any of you have taken like a self-defense course or like a weapon safety course or anything like that, most good instructors will tell you if you can remove yourself from the situation, do it. Do it. Because the second you start trying to pop off rounds with your little little plinky little plink plink plink, is the second that that guy blasts away. Maybe you get him. Maybe you do. Maybe you die. All right. Then your number one priority is your personal safety. Or if you have children, your number one priority is their safety. Then your safety. In that order. And they usually are in tandem, especially if you're carrying. <laughs> um. Not right that they extort us through forcible taxation and have a secret base that they won't allow people to know what's going on. on. If, if you think that's the only secret base, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, the government hides things from everybody. And, and if sure, if you were to make the ethical argument that we all own the government, they shouldn't be able to hide anything from us. But then they'll make the national security argument, which proves that they actually don't serve us. They serve their own interests, but they claim that those interests are our interests. So it's it's not... Yeah, they're a gang of criminals. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I knew this was going to be a tougher episode. And we're, we'll, we're going to be talking about the nap next time. Because I feel like we can get all this stuff about like why you should be able to own guns to begin with today. And then next episode we'll talk about why he... Or how you should be implementing those tools, if ever. Right? I, I would love to be the gun owner. Gun owner of like many others who never has to shoot a person. I would love it. That would that is my that is one of my highest goals is to never have to shoot someone. <laughs> I would I would hate it. 
but the option always exists or the threat i suppose always exists and you have you you i th you know this is kind of a bold statement and i can't tell you what to do with your life but i think it's irresponsible to not especially if you have children it is irresponsible to not have the capability to defend yourself I'm going to be honest, like, you know, you always see like the TV shows of the dude with like the baseball bat coming down the stairs. All right. If someone kicks your door in, most of the time, all you have to do is rack a shotgun and that person is directly out the door. Or you just let one loose down the hallway. Next thing you know, he's either dead or gone or somewhere in between, <laughs> especially if you have kids, especially if you have just saying. I mean, I, again, I can't tell you how to live your life. You get to make those choices. If you're not comfortable with it for whatever reason, that's your prerogative. But I know exactly how I would do it if it was me. So. Mm. But I think that is pretty much all I've got for today. Unless any of you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns that you want to throw in before we close up here. Uh, Peggy says, I wouldn't want to shoot anyone either, but if a robber kicked my door in, I'd just shoot the kneecap. I wouldn't do that, honestly. I would just just let them have it. They're more, if you just wound someone, they're likely to sue you for damages because you injure their knee and then they'll make the argument that, oh, she shot me in the knee and now I can't, I can't, you know, uh, work and I need damages paid, blah, blah, blah. And it, it happens particularly in in places that aren't in the deep south but i'm just saying general wisdom is if you if you're willing to shoot someone just commit okay just commit <laughs> if they've done something egregious enough for you to shoot them you have the you just commit just do it okay i'm not saying dump the magazine either you know you got like a czp09 you got was it like 18 plus one might be a little much but you know four or five never hurt anybody so or actually it hurts a lot of people but you know what i'm saying um dump it and claim temporary insanity you know I'm, I'm not an expert on law i'm not supposed to be giving legal advice i don't know if that would work i just know what i've been taught so not that i'm planning or anything it's all right i already said the big igloo on this show so if i wasn't already on a watch list i definitely am now I, I don't own a gun. Fortunately, I'm in the country too far for intruders to bother. That's, well, yeah, see, that's good. Oh, man. I hate talking about stuff like this. I really do. I like to talk about fun things, you know, like consciousness or the future of Ancapistan. This is very pertinent to us, specifically as libertarians, as Ancaps, as people who want to be free. Should I open or conceal? I would recommend conceal carrying, but whatever fancies you, honestly. I don't care. Um, would I open carry? Maybe on like a range? Around my house? If I wanted to. Um, I would recommend concealed carrying, though. You don't want to identify yourself as a target. It's a fine line between intimidating potential criminals and identifying yourself as a target so i would say yeah like you know if, if you're just casually out about I, I would i would never travel around open carried especially if i'm going to like big public areas or something like that 
I think you're identifying yourself as a target. You're bringing too much attention to yourself. But you know, if you're if you're just say like going to the gas station and you're concealed carry holsters on the other side of the room, but you already got your open carry holster on your shooting belt, just throw your riggers belt on. You got your open carry holster, slide it in there. It scares the current culture. It does, but I don't care how they feel. I care about what makes sense for you. So I, I don't care if somebody goes, he's got a gun and runs away. I, I don't, I don't care. I really don't. I'm sorry. They can get over it. They'll live. They will live because I'm not going to do anything to them. Um, like I knew a guy who open carried pretty much everywhere and he was like, why, well, why do you open carry? And he says, well, I want a full size gun because my hands are too big for compacts and uh, I can't fit a full size gun and like an in belt or a concealed carry holster without it being extremely uncomfortable. So I just open carry and he uses like a half shell open carry that like blends into his jeans a little bit and he doesn't have like some flashy full stainless weapon or anything. You still know it's there, but it's not like he's walking around with a golden desert eagle on his hip. You know, he just carries a, a full size right on his hip and he still does to this day. Ever since open carry was passed in Texas and, um, you know, I mean, do, do I necessarily agree with that? No, but I think it makes good arguments about carrying a full size over a subcompact. And also his holster is big enough to carry an extra magazine in it. Most, uh, concealed holsters aren't big enough for that. But if you're a girl, you just carry one in your purse. So, yep. So that, I mean, again, it depends on, on what you want and what you want to carry. If you carry a gun in your purse, just make sure it's hammerless. That's the only thing I would say. Um, if, if you, yeah, if, if you want to carry something small, like a J frame revolver, six shots, 38 special, that'll do complete justice. They're hammerless. So for, for the reasons so that you can put them in your pocket, um, they're, they're small hammerless. Uh, don't, don't get a 357 Magnum or anything like that. Just get a 38 special. Or if you want a super tiny regular plinker, there's a lot of subcompact two finger guns or what I call them because I can only fit two fingers around the, the base of them. Marius put the kids to bed. That's fine. We're wrapping up anyways. I, I would recommend a J-frame revolver or a, a super subcompact of some sort. Uh, whatever, whatever you feel like personally carrying. Um, I'll go ahead and do the outro real quick. Make sure if you guys enjoyed the show, to go like the Facebook page, subscribe and hit the little bell on this YouTube channel here since we only broadcast to YouTube now because Facebook. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a Twitter. You can follow me there under uh, Christian underscore M underscore LAD. Podcasts will be available for this in about uh, three days, most likely. If you want to find the podcast, it's available on any podcast distributor. Uh, there'll be slightly edited versions of the live shows. So if you want to cut out some of the fluff, that's a good way to do it. And we also have a Patreon. So if you enjoy the show and you want to throw me a dollar, that's a good way to do it. The link is either in the description or on the Facebook page. So that's all I got for you guys. And if anybody else has anything for me, next episode on Saturday will be significantly more fun. We will be talking about the non-aggression principle. We will be going very deep into the non-aggression principle. So bring a notepad, bring a pencil. It's going to be a good time. Take it easy.